Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. So today's episode is a special one. Uh, we still will be having our regular Wednesday episode, and it is a loaded episode this Wednesday with NFL Network's Andrew Siciliano and NFL Draft Prospect Alex Highsmith. Huge episode Wednesday. But as for today, the draft is Thursday night. Thursday night, we're going to be doing a live show with David Newland of Newland Scouting, a buddy of mine, and four NFL Draft Prospects, and a few others are going to be coming on, calling in. It's going to be really cool experience tune in at youtube on ambitious with dylan price now though to the matter at hand for thursday night i gotta get my rankings out there as well as my final final mock draft of the season so in this episode i'm going to be releasing my position by position rankings the final ones and my mock draft 2.0 and final one of the year so stay tuned after a quick word from our presenting sponsor anchor for my position by position rankings and my final mock draft of the 2020 draft season so here are my position by position rankings i'm gonna go a little quick but starting a quarterback this will be the only position i do a pro comparison for for each spot um so yeah starting at quarterback number one joe burrow lsu um for my comp for him i have tony romo Pretty much, Burrow is a very, very talented prospect. He lit the college football world a storm last year, or on fire, whatever the saying (laughs) would be best for him. But the fact is, he really dominated last year. But it was a 360 turnaround from his not-so-good year in his first year at LSU. Plus, he couldn't win the job at Ohio State as an Ohio kid going there and uh, ended up getting injured, transferring, and uh, the rest was history as he ended up at LSU and won a chip. But... Burrow is a good quarterback. I think there's slight bust potential because of the 360. I think he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback. Um, I think he's if he can overcome a solid first year, he's not going to be able to, uh, or a rough first year with the Bengals and have a solid year and have a solid um, first kind of year or two while they get everything situated around him there in Cincinnati. He's got a solid potential to be a good quarterback like Tony Romo, a serviceable potential star quarterback. And uh, I think Romo would be a good comparison because of kind of a ceiling there. Um, Romo was a little, not mobile, but he was enough where he could move around the pocket if need be. And I think Burrow's a little more mobile there, but he's not uh, he's not going to kill you with his legs. Burrow's a good quarterback, and I think he's going to be a solid guy at the next level. Two attacks of Iloa, and my pro comp for him is Russell Wilson. I think there's a very, very big chance that there's serious durability questions when it comes to two attacks of Iloa, but his medicals to this point have seemed to be... Um, clean for the most part there's a couple teams that thought they were a little shady and not the best but um as for talent i don't think there's a doubt here Tua Tagovailoa is a monster he lit the league um a storm the year before or on fire why can't i get that saying right uh the year before burrow did and really dominate a lot of the headlines and the uh, lefty gunslinger from bama was a transcendent talent there he pushed jalen hurts a solid quarterback out of a job and uh, had a clutch performance in his first game of the season he's a leader he's going to be a good quarterback at the next level if injuries don't get in to be uh, too much of an issue that's why i think burrow is number one he's a safer pick but i think tua does have a little more upside because if he can harness that mobility and good arm at the next level he could be really dangerous but he's got to get the durability concerns worked out and uh, hopefully he is able to stay healthy at the next level justin herbert number three um 
I went back and forth here between him and Love. I will explain Herbert first. Um, my pro comp for him is Blaine Gabbert. Um, more even Josh Rosen as of recently. I think there's serious questions about Herbert's love for the game, kind of like Josh Rosen. I think there's really those questions around his game, and I think that he's a very talented quarterback. He's a good leader from everything you see on the field. Off the field, though, there's questions about his love for the game, questions about his leadership abilities, and um, those kind of things can really kill a quarterback. He's got an incredible arm with really good velocity, and he's a talented quarterback. He can make a lot of tight throws and seams, and he's got very, very good mid-range accuracy. I was very impressed with a lot of what I saw on tape for him. I think he's going to be a solid guy, but he needs to not let his head get in the way, whereas you know, a guy like Tua needs to make sure he can stay healthy because he's got all the making to be a talented quarterback. Herbert's got the makeup to be a talented quarterback if he really wants to be and has a devoted love for the game, or else he can book it in now and get his paycheck and be a bust like kind of Josh Rosen. So Jordan Love, he's my number four guy. Love has the most upside in the draft of these guys, um, in my opinion. He's physically the most intriguing. He's fast. He's strong. He's a leader. His sophomore year, he had 32 touchdowns. Last year, he had 20. The talent drop-off has been what I think has been most substantial. Um, From year two to year three, Love lost a lot of key players around him. Um, a lot of guys went to um, the pros and became like reserve guys, or a lot of guys that were talented ended up, you know, just retiring and not playing football again. But ultimately, Love ended up with a depleted supporting cast, and he threw a lot of interceptions. And a lot of what's to blame with that is he's just throwing it and hoping guys will catch it. There was a lot of drops last year, too. That's reasoning behind his poor completion percentage. I think Love is a very physical um anomaly and i think he would be a very talented quarterback at the next level i compared him to josh allen because mobility and physical um strength because of allen's arm and love's arms are kind of comparable and i think that jordan love has all the physical makeup and leadership ability to succeed at the next level and hopefully his past year was an anomaly and he can be a uh, good player at the next level Number five, a little bit of a controversial guy to put at five here over Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm. I had Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma, and my pro comp for him, Dak Prescott. Hurts can be a very solid player. I'm going to keep this short. He did get displaced by a job or displaced from Bama and lost his job to Tua Tagovailoa. He's got some issues with an arm, and obviously, you know, he lit it up at Oklahoma last year, but against Big Ten defense or Big Twelve defenses, not against high caliber. Um, talented defenses at SEC games. He was pretty solid, but never not jump off the paper talented. I think Hertz is going to have um, to be a developmental guy, but if he is developed the right way and thrown in the ideal system, kind of like Prescott was, he can be a gem and a steal in this draft. My honorable mention of this group, and maybe my, maybe one of my favorite guys in this class is Anthony Gordon and Jake Fromm. Both guys are really good leaders. Um, I doubled up there, but both guys are really good leaders, and I just like to note that, that I see a lot of potential in both guys' leadership ability if the play can sustain at the next level. Now I'm going to go quick. Running backs, um, my top five, Jonathan Taylor, one, J.K. Dobbins, two, DeAndre Swift, three, four, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, five, LaMichael Perrine. Perrine um, is elusive, um, but not elusive enough. 
he needs to get a little faster, get a little more athleticism, or else he's going to be the kind of guy that gets counted on to just churn out yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he was a product of um, a system last year, kind of the same thing that could be used as Burrow, where he didn't really receive a lot of reps, but when he did, he was actually very good. But if he is put in a system where he's getting a lot of um, volume, or at least a solid amount of volume, and able to really um, show his talent, I think he could do pretty well. DeAndre Swift, very elusive, kind of the opposite of Michael Perrine. Um, he's an aggressive runner, um, very good in open space, kind of like Alvin Kamara. Number two, J.K. Dobbins, one of my favorite runners in this class, a little underrated. He's fierce, aggressive, violent, and patient. He's a very good runner, and I think he's going to do very good at the next level. And number one, Jonathan Taylor, he'd do it all back, and there's not much more that would be said about him. He lit up college football last year um, in the running game. And now the wide receiver class, my top five here in a loaded wide receiver class. Number five, I'm going to go back down and up. Uh, LaVisca Chanel Jr. Um, he was a top three guy before the draft, um, before pre-draft showcases and stuff. Uh, LaVisca has incredible possession um, possession ability. He's just got very good run after catchability, and he's a very talented, game-breaking player, dynamic, and because of injuries, he's going to slip. He could be a very good steal in day two, or in day two and maybe early day three. Number four, Justin Jefferson, LSU, put up video game numbers with Joe Burrow, but will that translate to the next level is the question. If he can live up to this um, kind of potential he set for himself because of those video game numbers at the next level, he could be a very talented prospect. Uh, number three, Henry Ruggs, Bama, uh, game-breaking speed, really, really talented runner, um, could do very solid things at the next level. Hopefully he doesn't... Um, kind of tank like John Ross, but he's a lot stronger and more durable than John Ross, and I think he's got a lot of potential at the next level. Number two, C.D. Lamb. Uh, he's kind of a 1B in this class. I had a 1A, 1B here. Uh, Lamb is not as polished of a route runner, but he's much better getting the 50-50 balls, and I think he's a very talented receiver with a now, high today, potential. We are gonna start working Ooh, sorry. Question. Sorry for that brief interruption, but continuing on, I think CeeDee Lamb is a very talented prospect. I think he's a 1B in this class, and I think he's going to do some good things. Um, as for the top guy, I got Jerry Judy, Alabama, one of the greatest route runners I've seen in doing coverage of um, mocks and everything and the draft as a whole. I really like him, and I think he's a talented guy, number one receiver in this class, and number one, I think, soon. Uh, offensive linemen, I got number one, Tristan Wirfs, number two, Jedrick Willis, number three, Andrew Thomas, number four, Makai Becton, number five, Ezra Cleveland. Uh, if Cleveland fills out and gets a little stronger, he could be a really good left tackle at the next level. It reminds me a lot of Nate Soldier if you look at the way they block and the way they carry themselves. Makai Becton, number four, physical beast, uh, 364. He's an absolute mammoth of a man and then ran a 5.1 second combine, uh, or 5.140 at the 40 or at the combine, um, he's a brutalizer, a bully, but if the athleticism can't translate to the next level because of his size, then there's going to be some serious questions in his game. Plus, he just failed a drug test, and that could drop him off a few draft boards and kind of make him like Laramie Tunzel. Speaking of Laramie Tunzel, a safe prospect, as he was, is number three, Andrew Thomas. Um, Thomas is an absolute monster as well, and he reminds me a lot of Tunzel, and they're both very safe prospects. 
prospects. How um, Thomas is. Number two, Jedrick Wills, very good pass blocker, solid run blocker, very good future anchor of an offensive line, as is Tristan Wirfs. But what brings Wirfs for me over the rest of the class is his athleticism and his um, really solid um, all-around game, and I think he's very versatile. Uh, tight ends, I'm going to go kind of quick here. I just have three guys um, in my head here. Not really anything written down to say about them because I kind of forgot about the tight ends, but Cole Komet of Notre Dame, really talented prospect, kind of like a Gronkowski kind of player. Uh, number two, Adam Troutman of Dayton. He's a very good prospect as well. And number three, Thaddeus Moss of LSU. Randy Moss in his jeans. He's a dynamic tight end and I think that all three of those guys are very good not really I think how some other people see them but um there's definitely some talent in this tight end class but um not as talented as years past as for defensive linemen and getting to the other side of football Derek Brown number one he's very slept on I think he's there seems to be this idea that there's a drop off after um young Okuda and Simmons but I think Brown should be in that group as a tier one elite defensive player in this class and not far off of these elite players is Javon Kinlaw at number two in this class in my opinion I think Kinlaw is a very good player he's serviceable um year one and I think he can grow into a very talented pressure um pressure invoker I think on the quarterback um he's very good at interior pressure and very good with his hands and he's got a lot of technical skill and I think he could be a very good prospect um and a good pick in this draft and number three for me here I'm just doing a top three Ross Blacklock of TCU he's can create absolute beast or he can create absolute um dominant pressure I because he's a beast um not really a better way to word it because he really does take your words away if you watch his tape. He's a really talented player. He could use some technical refinement as well, kind of um, like some of the other guys I've listed earlier. But he can really grow into a talented um, cornerstone of a franchise's defensive line in the future. Um, going on a little here, top five edge rushers. I, in my opinion, in this class, I have Chase Young, one, an absolute elite game-breaking edge rusher, and I really like him, and I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, number two, Clavion Chason. He's just very fast, very quick, and um, good with his hands, but I think people should watch a little more um, tape before they make him a, you know, potential lottery top 10, top 15 pick. I think he still needs some uh, work before he's an elite edge rusher, and I think that uh, he definitely has room to grow at the next level. Uh, number three here, a uh, little bit different than some other guys have it. I actually like A.J. Epineza of Iowa. A lot of guys really weren't impressed with his combine performance. I wasn't either, but I think he's proved on the field that he's a game-breaker, and I think that a combine score or a combine performance can drop him, and he could seriously fall. And honestly, if he falls, somebody's going to get a steal. Epineza is a talented player. Uh, number four, Yaturgos Matos, Penn State. I watched him wreck opposing players all year at Penn State. I'm really excited to see him at the next level. Um, and number five, Zach Bond, edge rusher, Wisconsin. Another high IQ pass rusher similar to Derek Watt coming out of Wisconsin. Really talented prospect, and I'm excited to see what he does at the next level. Um, linebackers, I'm just going to give three. Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, and maybe not the third guy. 
most people have here, but I actually really like Justin Strad. Um, I think that there's some better guys, but Justin Strad is very talented, a lot of room to grow, and I think he could be a very good uh, linebacker, but um, obviously Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, both very, very good linebackers, and um, I mean, even you could make the case Zach Bond could run and be a linebacker as well in some cases, but my third guy, I think um, Justin Schnad of Wake Forest, I think is my third guy in this class. Over some other guys, there's some other guys that uh, I think a lot of people rate higher than them or higher than him, but I think that uh, Strenad has got high potential and uh, potential to be a solid player at the next level. And then for defensive backs, um, I'll keep this one, two, three as well. Uh, Jeff Okuda, elite corner. Um, he's going to be a very, very good cornerback at the next level. Um, CJ Henderson, also a very talented cornerback. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. I'm going to mean to probably tomorrow. But uh, Okuda's got that good um, ability to just get in there and really break up passes. I haven't seen a lot of that with Henderson. I just see very good coverage ability and not a lot of, you know, that intense get involved and, you know, break up the passes ability. And I hope to see a little more of that on the film because then he would be justified for where he's at. And obviously there's got to be something I'm missing. But so far I do like Henderson, but I got to watch a little more of his tape. So I'll be honest there. And number three, a little bit shocking. I have Grant Delpit as my third guy. I really like Grant Delpit. Um, a lot of guys like Winfield or they like um, McKinney. I like Delpit. I think Delpit is kind of a less refined, less talented version of Jamal Adams. I think he could grow into a really good, strong safety in the next level, and I think he could be a steal, kind of like Epineza, where he was proving himself on the field, but his talent dropped off a little this year, or his play dropped off a little this year, but his talent is there, and I think his tackling could choose to, um, or could could definitely be improved overall, but uh, very talented defensive back class and underrated um, defensive back class. But those are my position-by-position position rankings. I said I was going to go quick. I went quick, but uh, a good 16, 17 minutes of uh, a little bit of breakdown, a little bit of my opinion. I do have uh, more in-depth opinions on a lot of players I've watched. I will definitely break down some of my favorite steals. I like uh, just a guy to watch for here, two guys actually. And maybe three, actually. Amik Robertson, he's a really good slot corner of um, Louisiana Tech. He's very, very good. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a steal on day two, maybe early day three. Alex Highsmith as well, another small school guy who's slept on. And number three, like another guy, uh, Kyle Duggar. He's gained a lot of notoriety. He's guest of this show, a friend of the show, and I hope to uh, see him have some success, but he's a really game-breaking speed and tackling uh, ability as well. So those are my uh, prospect rankings, and now for the final, final mock draft of the 2020 season. It is up next. All right, all right, in the wise words, Matthew McConaughey. Um, I am ready. I hope you guys are ready. This is a little bit of a... Uh, unique mock draft. I have some weird decisions because a report came out a couple days ago by Ian Ravaport that a lot of the GMs are saying that the analysts aren't seeing things, you know, the way that the rest of the league is. And I think that this is more of a um, outside-the-box mock draft that maybe 
makes a little more sense. There's one trade I project a lot more. There's just one that I saw too clearly likely to happen, and I uh, had to pull the trigger on it. So, number one, Joe Burrow. Obviously, he's heading to Cincinnati, barring a drastic change or crazy move. Um, I talked about him earlier on, so I talked about a lot of these guys, but pretty much for team-wise, Burrow is definitely going to be the cornerstone and franchise quarterback for the Bengals, and hopefully they get it right this time and it's not another Andy Dalton situation. Number two, Chase Young, elite edge rusher, just a talented player for Ron Rivera to have, and a very good move there. Uh, number three, Jeff Okuda, corner. I think they're candidate trade down, just like the team below them, the Giants, but I think Okuda... He's become Slay's replacement and pair him with Desmond Trufant. You got a nice duo now there in Detroit. Number four, Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle. Um, I actually think they're going to pass on Justin Simmons here. I think Gettleman likes his big offensive lineman, and I think that this makes up for uh, a lot of the deficiencies they have on the offensive line by adding the top offensive lineman, in my opinion, in this class. Number five, Justin Sim- or Isaiah Simmons, linebacker. So this is a bit of a shakeup. The Dolphins going with a position player other than quarterback. Um, yeah, I think Simmons is just too good to pass up here. I think that they know that they'll be able to get either Herbert or Tagovailoa later on in this draft. So I think that because they're not totally sold maybe on Herbert or Tagovailoa this early, I think they'll wait and see who sifts past uh, uh, Los Angeles and gets to 16. So I think that... Uh, they take Simmons here, and that leaves the Chargers at number six to take Tua Tagovailoa. Despite durability concerns, Tagovailoa puts butts in seats. He's a not- notable quarterback, and I think this becomes a very, uh, very impressive pick for the Chargers brass, and hopefully they can keep him healthy. Number seven, Derek Brown. This one seems like you could almost write it in stone unless he's picked earlier. The Brown, um, the Browns, not the Browns, um, Brown is well-liked by the Panthers organization, and I think Brown is a very underrated prospect, as I said earlier, and I think he'd fit very well in Matt Rule's, you know, style of culture in his team there. Uh, Number eight, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, anchor for Kyler. You are able to protect him. He's got weapons now, and I think going into next year, Kingsbury, Murray, Hopkins, Fitzgerald, that's talent around that team, whether it be offensive mind or offensive talent. That's a good team right there, and a very underrated team that was in a lot of close games last year that I wouldn't sleep on. Number nine, this is where it starts getting a little more surprising, Jerry Judy, wide receiver. I think they released Marquise Lee today, not for no reason. I think they pair Judy with Chark, Westbrook, and give Minshew a real shot to win the job next year with some good, talented weapons. Number 10, I have a trade. Javon Kinlaw is the pick here, though, to the Atlanta Falcons. I think a little bit of deception here. A lot of guys are forgetting about Javon Kinlaw and pairing him uh, with Grady Jarrett in that defense is going to be a very good move by the Atlanta Falcons here, trading up to 10 to uh, get Cleveland a couple of picks later in the uh, draft and also the 16th or uh, the 16th pick. Sorry, before I said the Dolphins at 16, they actually have 18. Uh, 11, I have Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle to the Jets. I think they get their block, um, their block up front to protect Darnold. And I think that this is the young guy that, uh, Douglas has in mind here is the best player available to protect Arnold and protect him for the long haul. Number 12, Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Bama. Another Bama receiver goes before C.D. Lamb. Ruggs, game-breaking speed, uh, reportedly very 
of interest in the Raiders organization, so I think he's the pick here at 12. And then 13, C.D. Lamb gets picked to the 49ers. This is going to be a good pick for them. I think you put him with Debo Samuel. That's a dangerous matchup. Even having Marquise Goodwin, if they don't trade him, that's going to be a very, very dangerous wide receiver court next year for Jimmy Garoppolo to have fun with. Number 14, Mekhi Becton. He slips to the Bucks, and the Bucks are very grateful. You get their good offensive lineman here to protect Tom Brady next year, and hopefully he's uh, he stays um, out of the spotlight here because I think that this made him slip a little bit. Otherwise, I think that he could have been the pick at ten, but because of the you know question marks of his drug test, and even though it's not listed in the CBA, you can get suspended anymore. There's still some old heads in the locker rooms that might not like what Makai did. Uh, Fifteen, I got Justin Jefferson heading to the Broncos. He's a good wide receiver to pair with Cortland Sutton and to pair with Deshaun Hamilton. And I think it's a good pick here for the Broncos to uh, give Locke some weapons. Number 16, this is the Browns pick now after the Falcons traded up to get Javon Kinlaw. Ezra Cleveland is the pick here. And I think Cleveland is just in need of some more uh, physical strength. And I think he could be a very good offensive tackle. They trade down to get him and accumulate some picks. Good move for the uh, Browns front office. Number 17, C.J. Henderson, corner Florida. Um, I think he falls here, but I think he becomes the replacement for Byron Jones in the pick here for Dallas at 17. 18, Justin Herbert, quarterback. Oregon, boom. So the Dolphins take him, and a little bit of a surprising move. He ends up being the pick here, and I think that uh, it's a good one. I think Herbert's a good quarterback, and I think he ends up getting selected here. And uh, there's obviously questions, as I said earlier, but the Dolphins get their guy for now. Hopefully it's not another Rosen situation. 19, Delpit. Um, I think he ends up in Oakland. Like I said, I like him a lot, and I think the teams are going to like him a lot. And pairing Grant Delpit with Henry Ruggs, that's a hell of a class for Mike Mayock and Gruden in year um, two of that team. Now, pick 20, Jeff Gladney, corner TCU. A little bit early for him, but I think he's going to be a good corner to uh, take over for Jalen Ramsey in that defense. 21, finally the Eagles get a receiver. They get Denzel Mims, talented receiver, huge catch radius out of Baylor. I like him a lot. He might have been my number six in this year's class. And 22, Christian Fulton, corner. And one of my only picks to stay consistent in this draft. I think he heads to Minnesota. Good pick there for them. 23, Clavion Chason, edge rusher, slips to the Patriots. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not sold on Chason, but I think there's that sentiment's not just held by me. He could either get picked really early or kind of late. Um, I think that Chason is a good player, and I think that I'm going to have nightmares as a Jets fan about him tearing up Sam Darnold next year because I think that him in New England is a dangerous match. 24, Kenneth Murray. Linebacker, he heads to the Saints. I like him more than Patrick Queen. I think he's got better sideline to sideline ability. The linebacker class isn't strong, but I think Murray is the cream of the crop of all of them. And he heads to New Orleans, where he becomes the anchor of that defense and the leader on that defense for the foreseeable future. 25, Xavier McKinney, another best player available. And now you have a really solid secondary. McKinney and Fulton, a really good um, pair to solidify that secondary. You also still have. Um, Still have Harrison Smith back there and some good corners. And I really like these moves by Minnesota. If they can build a strong defense, I think that they're still a little bit slept on after a good performance last year in the playoffs. 
uh, Josh Jones, offensive tackle. And I think the Dolphins walk out of this draft better than if they pick a quarterback at five. Hear me out. They still get one of the premier quarterbacks in Herbert. They also get Isaiah Simmons, an absolute beast on defense, and Josh Jones to protect him. And I think this would be a very, very good class for the Dolphins. 27, I have the Seahawks taking your Turgos Matos. Doesn't know what's going to happen with, uh, or P. Carroll doesn't know what's going to happen with Jadavian Clowney, so I think that he pressures the front office here to get Gross Matos, and I think Gross Matos can develop into a very good producer um, on defense. Here at 28, I have the Ravens taking Patrick Queen linebacker. I think that they could use another linebacker here. Um, they lost on Musar. They lost Mosley a year ago. I think they need a leader at linebacker, and I think he's the guy. 29, A.J. Epineza, edge rusher. I think that Epineza is going to fall, and I don't think for a great reason. I think Mike Vrabel is going to turn him into a beast off the edge there in Tennessee. 30, this is going to be a big pick. Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. What? What? Quarterback? What about Rodgers? Well, Rodgers is getting a little older now, and who to teach Rodgers? or to teach Jordan Love better than Rodgers. They've got some more similarities, if you think about it. They're both going to fall in this draft, uh, or fall in a draft. Rodgers fell, and I think Jordan Love's going to fall. But I think there's a physical upside with Love that a lot of people saw in Rodgers. I think that if Love can develop behind Rodgers, you're going to have three successful changes of power. Favre, and then you're going to have Rodgers and then Jordan Love. I think this would be a good pick by the uh, Packers front office because there's not a lot of holes on that team, so why not get prepared for the future and get Matt LaFleur, his guy to develop behind uh, Rodgers. 31, Jalen Johnson, corner. Good cornerback, and uh, San Francisco walks out of this draft with a solid class. You know, you get CeeDee Lamb at receiver and Jalen Johnson at corner. 32, Cesar Ruiz, the top interior offensive lineman, in my opinion, heads to Kansas City to give Patrick Mahomes more protection for the future. And that is it, my final mock draft, my final position rankings. I hope you enjoyed my ultimate NFL draft preview. Uh, I loaded up this episode with a lot of draft talk so that next week um, we can get back to everyday life, I guess, of episodes um, after the draft. I'm so excited, if you can't tell, for this year's draft. I think the world needs this right now, as much as I uh, wasn't behind Goodell's decision initially because I didn't think it was fair to deprive some of these players of their uh, dream to be with their family and friends to enjoy the special moment. I think it's great for uh, the world to get a bit of a distraction here, especially the football world with all their sports or the sports world with uh, football being the only thing with any real activity going on other than WNBA. Um, Wednesday's episode, huge. NFL Network, Andrew Siciliano, a guy I look up to. Incredible conversation. We talked beforehand, during the interview, after the interview. Incredible guy, incredible conversation. You won't want to miss it. And then Alex Highsmith, draft prospect, beast. He's going to get picked pretty early Friday, and if not... Very, very early Saturday, talented player, and uh, finishes off a great group of guys I've sat down with in the lead-up to the draft. And then Thursday night, huge, breaking, boom news. I mentioned it quickly in the beginning of the episode. Sage Lewis, linebacker, FIU. Jordan Conkright, corner, USF. Fellow friend of the show, Richard Yergin, beast from Boston College. And then you have, to finish that all off, Stephen Claude, wide receiver of Wake Forest all have one thing in common. They're going to be coming on live, ambitious draft coverage. 
this Thursday night. Wall-to-wall coverage, 8 to 11.30. We got myself. We got David Newland of Newland Scouting. We got my friend coming on. You know him as Adam Cavello, friend of the show. He's been on a few times to chat with me. And we got some other guys coming on, calling in, joining the show. We're going to be live. Come, watch, ask us questions, enjoy the draft with us. I'm sure there's going to be some crazy stuff. You're going to get to see our reactions firsthand. It's going to be a hell of a night, and I'm really excited for it. Hopefully it goes off without a hitch, and we get to talk to some incredible prospects and break down the draft. So that's that. Big, huge gigantic week here at Ambitious. I hope you guys follow along. Enjoy this draft preview, I hope, or I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy Wednesday's huge episode, and then I hope you enjoy Thursday's live draft show. Big week here for Ambitious, and uh, a lot of good stuff coming up, so I hope you follow us on at Ambitious Podcast on Instagram and at Ambitious with DP on Twitter. Stay up to date with everything, and then uh, we'll also check out our YouTube channel. That's where our live stream is going to be live from ambitious with dylan price on youtube check it out and uh yeah tune in wednesday for a big episode and then thursday for the live draft show can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and be back here wednesday for a big episode